This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC Fight Night, Imovov versus Strickland. Hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we will preview UFC 283 to Shara versus Hill. Here we go. Here we go. We're back, back in the full swing. We got a card to recap and a card, to, a big card to preview. Finally, um, nice to have a big card back. Uh, not so much on the recap, nothing too crazy on there, but and a lot of news, a lot of news. Some, yeah, some good, some bad. So uh, we won't waste too much time on the intros here. We'll just get into it and start with our, as we always do with our take of the week. So Ryan, as always, take us away. All right, I'd say. Uh this week I'm going with, uh, I'm sure we'll hit some more news on this too, but the uh, mismanagement and promotion of basically Francis Naganu is probably one of the, will go down as one of the biggest mistakes in UFC history, in my opinion. I mean, you got probably the most marketable fighter on the planet, I'd say, at this point in time. And from day one, they've just completely botched it. I mean, they started to get on like this train rolling, but then when he lost to Stipe, they just completely turned on him. And I know Dana hated his manager, but like, when you got a guy with that good of a story who is just literally knocking out almost everybody he touches instantly and is just an absolute insane freak, like, you figure it out. Like, I think Dana's ego got in the way of, of this one. And I don't know, maybe he did just want an insane amount of money, but if they would have, like, extended him a while back, they wouldn't have had to let it get to this point and whatnot. So, I don't know. I think this is a big mistake by the UFC. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm. Uh, that's what I'm on to is just how how do you let the best? This is a huge. Uh, so my take is I think he's gonna. I think PFL would, it would be a huge mistake for them not to sign him. Like they're trying to be competitive with the UFC. This is their one chance to get a leg up. You have the best fighter on the planet in your organization. You can't pass this up, right? No, definitely. PFL has to absolutely sign him. Um, I mean, when they're you're, they're talking, they're making this. Uh, you know the super fight promotion or whatever for pfl like francis is a no-brainer especially if he's he can there's super fights for him out there and uh you know he wants to box i'm sure they can put some type of boxing super fight together for him in the pfl super fight league also if he'll participate in the heavyweight tournament as well i mean francis would probably be a perfect guy to compete in the tournament because they'll probably only fight like a round or not even a full round especially against these pfl guys he probably won't even get a full 15 minutes in for the entire regular season or whatever so yeah um, i think it's a no-brainer and this is a mistake the ufc is making that could like generally give pfl enough shine to actually make like a run here eventually like if they start stacking up talent and not just like talent from the most part they've taken from the ufc is past their prime or not quite elite but just like solid journeyman type guys mm-hmm. or elite guys past their prime like this is a guy in his prime for all we know and probably the be- best heavyweight on the planet like the ufc does not have the best heavyweight on the planet on their roster which is insane yeah. he's literally the toughest guy in the world nobody can be like he's the best heavyweight in the world yeah 260 like, pounds in a street fight he's probably definitely like scariest guy you could ever walk up against yeah, he's number one in the world there's nobody there's nobody out there maybe the, maybe there is we don't know about but yeah and i mean are you are you almost as intrigued to tune in to watch him fight a can as you would be to watch him fight uh, yeah, at like this point, Cyril Gaon again? Does it really matter? Like he just rolls through everybody except for like Cyril Gaon, I guess was a 
a close fight. But um, other than that, he's just... Uh, but even that fight, he figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Cyril was tough for him on the feet, but yeah, he just took him down and smashed him, so... Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I think this is where PFL makes their move. They tell them, hey, we'll get you the boxing match you want. We'll get you paid, and then we'll get you uh, under our under our banner. I could see him potentially just being, I just want to box, but I... I- I think PFL offers somebody jumps in like some way some somehow they get they get him that offer that he he's looking for, um, and it sounds like a lot of the things he he turned down. What I read was like eight million dollars for three fights, but Dang. but he he wanted sponsorship and he wanted health insurance and he wanted some other things. So I don't really know what what all went health into this insurance. You're yeah. getting paid. Eight million dollars. <laughs> get your own health insurance. Dude. I know. I know. He said something about he wanted like fighter advocacy or something. I I don't know. He he said a few things like where fighter advocacy. It sounds like he's already been talking to Jake Paul about the. Uh, well, there you go. Super fight. I mean, I don't think France is throwing around, around words like fighter <laughs> advocacy if he's not like doesn't have Jake Paul in his ear or something. Well, that makes you think too. Yeah, there's probably been some sort of conversations in the background, but it's just it is a bummer that. Like Dana could just never get over his hatred for Francis's manager, who's by the way irrelevant. Like he's a guy in the background that none of us even. He, I think he was a former UFC employee or something. Was that the right guy? Or yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know, but he's. It sucks that it sucks that it went down this way, and they never ever ever gave him like the the push they could have gotten. They, he didn't even have to talk. Like they could have done like Brock Lesnar was famous in the WWE because he barely talked. He never talked on the microphones. He was just a scary, menacing guy. Could have done the same thing with Francis in the in the UFC and they they just never gave him the push. So and they had fights for him too. John Jones, that's a big fight. Yeah. They definitely had fights for him. And I mean he just people were tuned in and the UFC wasn't even marketing him and he was probably one of the bigger draws. Like if they actually put like a legit marketing push behind him like they did for guys like fucking Jorge Masvidal or something like that, like which was just a waste because he sucks. Like if you actually put it behind a guy like Francis, like he would have been huge. He would have been the number one draw in the company for sure. Does Masvidal have a fight right now? I know everyone else in the division does. I hope not. I'd be fine if he never got another fight. <laughs> for some reason I was thinking, because I saw Leon Edwards saying something about like, I hope, I hope Masvidal wins like, so I can fight him again or so I can fight him or something because uh, even though... Because otherwise I can't because he just keeps losing. Yeah, Masvidal, he's going to be fighting in his fucking backyard fight league promotion or whatever the <laughs> hell it is soon. He's well on his way. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Francis, that's the biggest. I, I made the joke that Dana's finally finally done made, committed an unforgivable act. After, yeah. after everything <laughs> he's done, he let Francis go, and this is where I draw the line. So um, I don't know what that says about me, but we'll move on. I was shocked by that, though. I absolutely shocked, and it was a huge bummer, but... I don't know. I guess the writing was on the wall for a while. Yeah, I guess it wasn't going to get done. And I mean, at times it seemed like it. It seemed like they were saying he was like they were booking him for a fight. Like, I don't know if they were ever getting close or they were just, you know, their usual tactics to try and bully people into taking fights. But it seemed like Francis was kind of like, unless the UFC gave him everything he wanted, he wasn't wasn't going to go. He wanted he wanted out and, and he got it. But I hope he doesn't go to boxing full time. I think that would be stupid. Like, what's he going to? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does, but I just don't think he's got, like... Well, he's not going to beat, like, Tyson Fury or anything like that. Like, yeah. he's not going to be the best in the world at boxing. No, I mean, throw him against Deontay, uh, Deontay Wilder. That could be a, a good <laughs> yeah. fight. The problem but is, I think Wilder, Wilder, yeah, I think Wilder even beats him, though. That's the problem. I mean, Cyril Gaon was piecing him up pretty good stand up in the stand-up. That was kickboxing, but I just don't think it's... Uh, plus, he's, he, what is he, 38, 37? Yeah. 
I mean, the UFC was really the perfect place for him, but maybe he'll go to PFL and. Who's that big Cuban guy that everybody knocked uh, Ortiz? Uh, yeah, King Kong. Yeah, maybe you could fight someone like him. Yeah, I mean that guy's solid too. That's yeah, tough what, fight still. Probably. <laughs> I don't know what the and then you lose that. It's like where do you go from there? Your whole your whole. Uh, yeah, the first one's got to be big, right? Yeah, and also this is. I, I was curious to see what Adesanya and uh, Usman say about their African brother. Right. Yeah. This could be a. So, this could be waves and throughout the UFC. Yeah, and Adesanya could be on his way out. I mean, he just lost belt. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So did uh. Yeah, so the fucking the uh, African trio just got destroyed, yeah. dismantled, like real quick. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in shambles right now. So, we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. But um, certainly, I would expect. I don't know. Within the next couple months, we'll find we'll hear something about Francis. I don't think he's gonna be a free agent forever. Yeah, I would think so. <sighs> All right, we'll pay attention to that. But let's move on to our recap. So we had a. Maybe not the greatest event of all time, but it was a good warm-up for us. We needed that. We needed to come back and have a little bit of a, a warm-up before our big event, our UFC 283. So uh, we had Sean Strickland versus Imovov. This one was, what, close to a pick Yeah, close. it was like Imovov was minus 105, but I think he was, by the time the fight started, he was at minus 135 last time I checked maybe. so Interesting. Yeah, he, he got bad heavy, but Sean Strickland, like we were talking, he's just uh, – He's a goofy guy to fight. He gets uh, in that really close range, which I think threw Imovov off a ton. Like, most guys don't want to get in that close to Imovov, so he gets to fight at a longer range where he's more effective. And Strickland getting inside really threw him off. Just Strickland constantly, like, grabbing your hands and stuff. It's got He could tell he was clearly frustrating Imovov pretty early, and uh, he just couldn't get anything going when he finally did strickland started to get tired i mean he did take this on a week's notice or whatever so but he didn't really get tired till round five so i mean round five he was tired imovov had the better gas tank than i thought he would but um yeah once imovov started pushing the pace and be the one moving forward he was doing well it was like he just let strickland control he just let Strickland control the distance and the pace, the fight, and the pressure, and he did let him do that for far too long. He should have took more chances. Yeah, and it's worth noting that this was Strickland fighting at 205, and he looked pretty good up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But uh, Sean Strickland came in heavier than and Imovov, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Imovov came in at 195 or something. Yeah, so it was a, this was kind of an interesting Frankenstein card because they lost the main event, so... Um, yeah, I mean, big for Strickland. The guy lost his last fight on what a split decision or a close decision to yeah, Cannoneer. The last card. So he uh, he's probably happy to recoup some of that money and get himself back on a winning streak. Not many guys re re uh, uh, end their losing streaks in what a little under a month's time. Yeah, in one card. I mean, I guess it was you know one of the biggest gaps we've had in a while. But yeah, I think they said it was three three people have done that before. So I th- I was one, last time I said I think last week I said he might be the only guy to ever do that. I think they said three guys have done it. So Jeez, so not many. Yeah, not many at all. But uh, co-main we had Dan Ige, Damon Jackson. Um, we were both on Damon Jackson here. Uh, Danny Gay just did what Danny Gay does. Sometimes he just shows up and uh, puts on great performances, and this was one of them. He really pieced up uh, Damon Jackson, and uh, he he looks solid out there. Um, I'm not gonna be like raising my Ige stock a whole bunch, but uh, maybe lowering my Damon Jackson stock a bit if he's fighting a guy that he's unable to get to the ground and really um, uses jujitsu against. Yeah, definitely, completely agree. And 
Damon Jackson would just like, it's like he thought he was going to knock out Dan Ige or like for like two rounds. He didn't yeah. even try a takedown. He was like perfectly content to just get smashed on the feet. He didn't even look like he thought about taking Ige down. And uh, by the time he did, he was far too hurt and, and gassed. And he didn't hit <laughs> the one shot that he took that I, I feel like I remember was just absolutely pitiful. So, um, yeah, I think it's just Ige. He's just um tough guy. He's going to beat guys like Damon Jackson. Should I think it was overrating Damon Jackson a little bit um, just because he has looked good. When he looks good, he looks really good. But um, he just wasn't ready for a guy like Dan Ige, who is just a slick striker, if we, you know, at yeah. the very least. Yeah, and he's hard to he's hard to knock out. He's hard. He's solid everywhere. So he just dominated this fight and had a great finish. I don't know if he got fighter performance of the night, but he probably should have. Uh, Puna Punali Soriano versus Roman Kapoav. This was a good hit for you. Uh, Kapoav ended up knocking out Soriano. I think in the first round. I, I didn't see this fight. I was out of the town. Yeah, if I I think it was I think it might have been the second, but. Yeah, if I was better on the rest of the card, I'd be more pumped about this pick. But uh, yeah, Kapilov, he looked good. I mean, he uh, he is underrated for sure. And uh, Soriano is a guy who I think was definitely overrated. And by I mean, far, yeah. yeah, Kapilov just destroyed him. He, uh, I mean, the first round, Soriano got a few shots in, but Kapilov, I think, overall won. And uh, he started going to the body of Soriano and just absolutely crumbled him. And then landed a kick, just took Soriano out. So it was uh, it was a sick fight, Roman Kapilov. I think. I think people are going to be uh, noticing him now and not kind of uh, underrate him as much. He had a tough fight early on. I think maybe it was first or second fight in his UFC career where I think he might have lost his first two or at, at least his first one. And uh, But he's looked good ever since then. So, Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just a kind of a – these smaller cards give you a lot more of a, a lot better profile because people are still tuning in to watch him. They see you higher up on the card than you would be normally and it gives you a little bit more of a – of a push especially against a guy like soriano who feel like had some some steam behind him at one point but he's just come up short on that so yeah definitely uh next one we got the controversial one here ketlin Vieira versus raquel pennington this is basically another pick em. um i didn't see a single person who thought pennington won this fight yeah um, and it's so frustrating man because um you know we see these close decisions going either way but i mean it just doesn't seem like the judges are consistent in the way they're judging them because you know uh, most of the time we've seen the judging it's you know the fighter who lands the most damage and the more powerful shots as long as the striking numbers were somewhat close they give it to the person who did the most damage i mean caitlin Vieira clearly won the damage in in every round pretty much i think and raquel pennington was landing a little bit more volume but not that much raquel pennington did ever moments but overall i thought caitlin Vieira won this fight I uh, might be a little biased, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have the same opinion as me. So it's frustrating when you see, you know, one fight, it's getting based on damage. And then, you know, we get a fight the next week and it's like based on volume. It's like, OK, so it's just clearly the judges like all have a different opinion of wh- how you're supposed to be scoring these fights and nobody's on the same page. And it's just leading to every single close fight is a split decision and it's going the opposite way of what people most people see on the tv so i don't really get it yeah i yeah i could have talked too much about judging to even say anything it just happens yeah it happens more than it should so that sucks it is, again this is like my rampage when when i thought jordan gordon beat patty pym it's like you you put so much into picking the right fighter and you only get one chance at it so when they yeah. when they like absolutely botch it it's just like 
so frustrating. So, so frustrating. It could be the difference between a positive night and a negative night, and it sucks when it happens. So Right. It's almost getting like – it's like you need to – clearly 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 dominate a fight to be like feel safe going into the session like you know there's there's car there's fights now where i'm like okay i'm pretty sure we won that one and we don't like if it's anywhere if it's if the fight's remotely close it could go either way pretty much and which is like i think completely ridiculous they should be definitely better at this by now yeah and it's they're getting worse that's the problem they're not getting any better they're like trying to you know restructure it and it just keeps getting worse when they do and do we need to factor this into our like our betting strategy? Because we both agreed it was a close fight, but Ketlin Vieira probably wins it, right? Like, yeah. Like what we weren't like, oh, Ketlin Vieira is going to smash Raquel Pennington. It's just like she's just better everywhere, and she's probably going to like eke it out and win, be a close fight. But she should win handle, or she should win, you know, confident she's going to win the fight. But I guess just leave close fights out. Like I thought Jared Gordon versus Patty Pimlet was going to be a close fight. But yeah. I just thought Jared Gordon was going to win. And, and it he- wasn't even that close, and they still gave it to Patty Pimblett, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's just almost like if it's a close fight, you have no clue what's going on. It's like if, if you think somebody's going to edge it out, it's like, well, they might edge it out and you might still lose, which I remember like when there was close fights, it was always the side that most of the public won was the yeah. side the judges did, and now it's the complete opposite. So I don't know what the hell's going on. It's very odd, very odd. Well, we'll move on to not close fights. Umar and Megamedov versus Rayoni Barcelos. Um, I guess Umar's 750 was justified here, and I think you said it was justified as well, but he uh, he put on a clinic. Yeah, this one wasn't close. He just, uh, Rayoni Barcelos, man, he, uh, I think he just got into the UFC too late or something. Like, uh, he looks, he looks like he has all the tools, right? He looks like Edson Barbosa pretty much, but um, then he just hasn't showed up on fight night. I think times just passed him by he was on like a pretty big win streak in the ufc like eight fights but he never took like a step up in competition until recently and i think it was too late yeah and i think we've seen that happen before and we'll see it happen again but uh once you start getting put up against like the up-and-coming like surefire stars like you're you're toast yeah exactly you gotta really really battle your way back to have any shot again of just not fading into oblivion yeah and barcelos wasn't even a big name so i wouldn't be surprised if he's out of the ufc soon but he's a guy who could do pretty well in pfl so there you there you go all right we'll put a put a bow on that one and uh forgettable first card of the year but at least we're back up and running and um we'll go from there we have a big card coming up so that was a nice warm-up but we can move on to our segments uh we got our isn't he awesome and our weekly call out and i think it's uh i think it's your week to start things off uh, all right we got uh first one roman kapilov he just just the man out there um dominate soriano who i i personally hate for some reason he's not like up there you know tier one and most hated fighters but he's for a journeyman type guy or whatever he's up there so for a fraud yeah for a fraud he's up there for sure <laughs> yeah but uh so shout out to roman kapilov other oh, isn't he awesome we'll go uh pfl just uh gotta give him a shout out they're uh they're hot right now and uh Every- who knows this might not be strictly a ufc podcast in the upcoming future here we might have to start uh some some more in-depth coverage of the pfl well we're not gonna pass up a francis Ngannou fight no so. hell no so and Nate diaz possibly oh yeah wow how in the world i forgot about Nate Diaz too wow they have a lot on their plate yeah they need to sign him so i mean they got the offer out the jake paul fight that makes total sense they can figure out the money you know wow pfl big things coming this is just a hand handed like a what what do they say hand 
hand-wrapped gift for uh, them with Francis becoming a free agent. Yeah, it's something like that. But, yeah, they, they've got the, uh, you know, they've been making all the right moves. They've been getting getting quali- more quality fighters, and now they're going to actually have a chance to some big names. So um, they've been making all the right moves where Bellator seemed to always make all the wrong moves. So it's, uh, it's good to see. Yeah, shout out PFL. I think we could probably find some clips if we were desperate enough to go back in time where we gave them a lot of credit when, early on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. We could, I think we were a little skeptical of the format, but... We could probably put together a little montage of us saying nice things about PFL. <laughs> there we go. But uh, weekly call, we'll move on. Ariel Hawani. Dude, Dana White is not getting taken down by the slab scandal. <laughs> you gotta fucking get over it, man. It's like, I know you've been waiting... Ever since he made you cry and embarrassed you, which I know you don't admit that you're embarrassed by that, but you clearly are since you have to bring it up and say you're not embarrassed by it so often. But you just got to give it up. You, you had your chance. You couldn't dethrone the king. He's, you know, going to forever reign over you. And in the end, he is the most powerful man in MMA, and you're just uh, an annoying reporter. So um, you get, you know, you got to let it go. You got to drop it. He's like, just harping, harping, harping. We cannot let Dana off the hook. Like, like he thinks he's going to be able to raise up enough, like beat the drum hard enough that he's actually going to get Dana to lose his job. But it's clear nobody... It's over, yeah. Yeah, it's clear it's been over. It was over the day that it got released. Like, once you saw ESPN basically, like... Kill it? Giving him, yeah, kill it. Just give him a complete pass. Even, like, women reporters for ESPN, you, you know... Your MMA hour, it is a great podcast. It is, you know, one of the better UFC, especially like links to actually hear the fighters talk. But it's not you you don't have the uh, the pull to get Dana White dethroned. And yeah, just to put it in um, what's the word? Put it in context here. Slap fighting that Dana White's the CEO of has a better chance of getting him dethroned than him slapping his wife. (laughs) Yeah, people are more (laughs) upset about the slap league. Yeah, it's ridiculous and. Ariel is just, he's not letting it go. I feel like he's going to be talking about this for months. He's going to be like, so when are we going to get some action on Dana White? When will the UFC bring, uh, you know, bring in the uh, the punishment for him? There's no punishment, fucking Ariel. Just get it across your fucking head. This is what's going to finally break his brain. I think he's going to have a mental breakdown, yeah. Like we see people, some of those people, like, they just hit their one, the one thing <laughs> they can never get over again, and they just, it's yeah. going to be a soapbox for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah, he's just going to event- lose you know, he's going to be talking about it forever. He's just going to lose listener by listener, just get tired of it and, you know, get off your high horse. Dane is the man. I mean, <laughs> what he did, we're not defending that, but I mean, definitely shouldn't have done that. But uh, ta- to be clear, you're talking about letting Francis go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. And, and the other stuff. And the other stuff. But yeah, just a few bad decisions he's made lately we're talking about. But uh, yeah, things aren't going great. He is running a little cold right now. Yeah, he, he hasn't been making the best decisions. He's clearly uh, headspace isn't the best, but uh, he's still the king. And Ariel Hawani is going to have nothing to do with his, his demise. Yeah. Always nice to call it Ariel. I mean, he just I, he just needs it once in a while. I could just picture Ariel when he watched that. He's probably the happiest guy that watched Dana White abuse his wife. He probably got <laughs> off on that so much. Like he's like, finally, Dana has done something uh, like, went, unforgivable that I can like dusted off a script that he had written <laughs> for him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's had this speech prepared for years. He's just been waiting for Dana to slip up, and uh, you know, unfortunately, couldn't uh, couldn't stop it. So. He's going to need something a little more extreme. Yeah, and I mean, as much as criticism as Dana got for being like, my punishment is that people will see me as what I did for the rest of my life. Like, that really, I mean, his 
beach really did make sense. I mean, it made sense to me. Maybe I support him too much, but like, what does uh, what does him stepping down do? It hurts the fighters. It hurts the UFC. Like nobody wants that. So like, like you said, he could go away. He's a billionaire. Why well, he just go where he could just okay? You're gonna make him retire. So what? It's not gonna hurt him. <laughs> yeah, there's um, oops, excuse me. There's no. <coughs> There's nobody more qualified than Dana at this point in time. So, yeah, it, yeah, and, and I think we're, uh, I think everyone understands that. So, so yeah, Ariel uh, have to wait till the next time he slips up. But he, this may be the worst thing that ever happened, to Ariel, because he may go squeaky clean after this. He still had, I don't think he will, <laughs> but he still had like that. He's, I always say, Dana's grandfathered into behaving however he wants because he started in a freak show human cockfighting league. And even though it's gone mainstream now, he still behaves like it's a human cockfighting league. It's yeah. It's kind of somewhere in the middle of like WWE and the NFL. Yeah, it's like he doesn't have he doesn't play by the same rules as everybody else. Yeah, he gets sure. to be he gets to have a little Vince McMahon in his in his step. Definitely, and I think you need that. It's it's MMA. In the end, it's not we're not playing baseball or fucking basketball here. Football, they're fighters in a cage. So you don't play you need fighting. A little edge from the CEO, you know. You don't play fighting. That's true. You don't. All right, who else you got for us? That's it for me. All right. All right. So I'll move on to my Disney Awesome. I got John Jones, friend, our good friend of ours, John Jones, coming back officially. Also, possibly may be able to dig up clips of me saying he's never fighting again because I didn't think he was. I was wrong. Turns out he really was just spending a decade getting ready for the heavyweight, and he's fighting Cyril Gan on March 24th or something. Yeah, I would like to point out my tick of the week last week. If we could, yeah, uh, how do you, we could yeah. rewind that? And I know we we need to do a better job of when, when whenever one of us says something that's just like on the cusp of being released. Like, yeah, replay it. The did next you see week. how it got released? too? they accidentally put the yeah on the T Mobile uh, Arena or whatever? They put the video board announcement up on the yeah in the like early in the morning. So people at like 7 a.m. on the strip probably don't <laughs> even remember seeing it, but walked by and saw Cyril Gahn versus John Jones March 24th. Jesus. what? How did they How did they botch that one? <laughs> I don't know. Dana said he was very unhappy, though. But I don't it know. It was Ariel. Could have been. Could have been. Imagine being the goon like that works the video board at T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. You don't even know who these guys are, and you accidentally like, oh, put it down at 7 a.m. instead of 7 p.m. Jeez! Oh, it was supposed to go on at 7 p.m. and they I don't, fucking I, put the wrong put a.m. instead of p.m. on the thing. I, I'm it's not like sure. Timer. I'm not sure how it happened, but um, I don't think Dana will get as mad at uh, T-Mobile Arena for uh, re- releasing as he did at Ariel for releasing Brock Lesnar. No, back. I don't think they're banned from the UFC. Maybe, <laughs> but shout out John Jones. I guess, like I said, underdog odds, dude. What do you think about that fight against Cyril Gan? I think John Jones is an underdog. What's the line? He's plus 100 last time I saw. Oh, slight underdog. I'm all John Jones. I mean, we just saw that. We know Gon can't wrestle. Gon can't wrestle, right? And John Jones is going to take him down and smash him if he needs to, you know? He'll probably try to start on the feet, but we've seen John Jones, if he needs to, he'll he'll get the takedowns. And, yeah, and Cyril Gon, he, you know, it was a lot. It had to do some with Francis' strength, but also he could not stop a takedown no matter how strong Francis was. So, um, I don't know. That would be a lot of work you'd have to get done. You don't get that good at wrestling, you know, that much better in wrestling in such a short amount of time. And John Jones is one of the, the better MMA wrestlers we've ever seen. So I could honestly see in this crazy, like this could be totally wrong. But remember that I said this, I could see John Jones getting Cyril Gunn flat, flattened out on his stomach and just pounding him out. Oh, easily. TKO win. I could, I can't really see him beating him by TKO any other way. Other than flattening him out, and Sirogan just doesn't know where to go or what to do. Not to say that Sirogan probably hasn't improved in the grappling, but I could see John Jones just finding a way to uh, to get him flat. He just has that knack for like that 
just crafty wrestling style and then like mixing in kind of like the jujitsu passes and stuff and i could easily see him like you get him down that might be your best chance to win the fight and i could see him finding a way to do it so shout out john jones our boy all right, call-outs this week. I got slap fighting. Obviously, I don't know if you saw the clip of this. It was like Romanian slap fighting. The guy's head is just swollen. I'll show you the clip right now. No, just so you I haven't do seen it. A live reaction. I'm pretty sure everyone else has seen it. No offense. I know you're not as plugged in online as everyone else, but check this out. This is This is brutal. Look at this guy's face. He's bleeding. Holy His head shit. is swollen. Is that from one slap? No, no, no. This is like oh, the no. championship. Whole, oh, my God. Do they just go back and forth like this until somebody I guess quits? So. I guess so, but it's just you just cringe at that. You can tell he's got like a head injury. Oh, and he's all pissed because they're stopping it. He wants to keep going. I don't know. He might have won. I don't know. I don't even know the result. I think you, maybe you hit him too high. You have to hit him in a certain point. Oh, he got DQ'd. He like slapped him in the eye a little bit or something. Or, in the, or in he's the complaining about where he hit him. Yeah, it looks like he slapped in the temple. Oh, he slapped ha- right here. Half of his face isn't working because it's so swollen. Jesus Christ. Monster is- slap, though. Does the other guy look hit at all? You can only slap to one side of the face, too. They don't mix it up. They don't have to go right, left, right, left or anything. It's just like... I don't boom, know. Boom, I'm boom, guessing boom. you have one good slap hand, right? Yeah, I guess. But, man, it was... Uh, it's just terrible. Like, And then to think that like Dana's getting involved in this... Like, oh, my God. That's bad. That doesn't even look fun to watch, but I've, that makes me want to watch. I'm gonna watch. I want to watch an event. I want to see if that's like, if it's just like slap until you give up, or if that's like, if it's a one day tournament or something, and that's like all the damage he took throughout the day to get to the championship. I don't know. I got, I got so many questions I need to answer now. Yeah, it's terrible. It's ab- I, I, absolutely terrible. <laughs> but maybe we'll tune in. Maybe we'll. This will be a slap boxing. <laughs> Are there uh, weight divisions, or do they just all are they all super heavyweights? Because that's what it looks like. Those guys. Are. I don't know. We got a lot to learn. It'd be funny if there's just some like skinny guy that just came in and absolutely dominated. You could just take a slap like no other, and just or if like there was just a banner that like Francis and Ganner signs with the U.S. Slap League or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's power Slap Championships. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, Jeez. I could just it's like timing and speed or whatever. <laughs> precision (laughs) it's all about the precision the old connor statement timing and precision and timing beat or precision and accuracy beat whatever power power and speed yeah Yeah, whatever maybe there's more to slap fighting than it looks like but uh, maybe that's what they need for it to take off like a skinny white guy or something and just be like the slap champion just knock out these giants and stuff like the kobayashi of slapping (laughs) yeah exactly the little tiny guy that just beats everybody yeah well maybe it'll happen and if they're smart, they'll just script it in there and get it off the ground and then yeah, go back make to it. Yeah, fake. All right, last call. I got Jeff Molina, Jeff, uh, James Krause's young prodigy at the whatever, Glory MMA Fitness and Kickboxing or whatever. 4-0 in the UFC, some big wins. Look good, too. Now suspended indefinitely by Nevada State Commission for being involved, sig- quote, significantly involved in this uh, gambling scandal. So I don't know what the kid did. But he's got to be really kicking himself right now. Yeah, that's just that's bad. I mean, sucks. Like, I wonder who how, what his involvement was. If it's Kraus getting him into it, but like, it's just like Kraus. What a fucking scumbag! If you're gonna get like, if it was this Molina guy and he was like got Kraus into doing it, that's one thing. But if it comes out that it was like Kraus that like basically ruined well, this kid's career and got him he, into it, he's like, he's 25 years old. He's super young. Yeah, I don't think he's the ringleader. I think <laughs> I mean Kraus is, seems like he's been a kind of a 
unknown degenerate for quite a while now. I mean, a lot of people knew, but it was kind of, he flew under the radar a little bit. Until, but, until he started telling everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would you tell everybody that you're running uh, an illegal betting operation in a major sport? What is now a major sport? Like, what a fucking idiot. I mean, Molina, feel bad for him at this time because I think it's probably more Kraus than him. But um, I don't know what his role was. I would assume he had some involvement in placing the bets or distributing the information or something like that. You think more than likely he was just getting used as like another channel to open accounts and probably that's what I think helping with uh, maybe help placing the bets like because you know they were running a bunch of like people's accounts like they would take like percentage of them of the wins or whatever so maybe he was running with placing the bets on people's accounts and shit that's what I think would be most likely because he clearly wasn't fixing fights because he was winning them all unless he was offer unless they were offering his opponents money to purposely lose and he was a big underdog in some of them so maybe. yeah but even like the zumagula fight i think it was he was a it was a split decision nobody thought like people were joking that he tried to throw that fight after this information came out like tried to try to lose and still won because yeah. that one was like very questionable but um i don't know man like i said he's like 25 sucks for him like he could his career could potentially be Held oh, it's up. definitely over, right? Yeah, held up for a while. Well, then there was a the announcement that he was released, but then I think Dana or somebody said, no, that's not true. We're just not booking him in any fights until this stuff blows over. So, <laughs> so until it blows over, like they're just going to like act like it never happened eventually. <laughs> Sounds that's like That's the Dana it. White way of doing business, it's right? It's hard to find grown men who weigh 125 pounds. That's true. So you got to take what you can get. You got a good one. Doesn't matter if he's fixing fights, like Yeah, you gotta take what you can get. It's hard to find grown men that are willing to cut to one twenty five. So anyhow, we can move on. We got a big preview here, UFC two eighty three. This this is actually a sneaky good card here. Um we got the Glover Teixeira retirement fight. Great fight. We got a lot of Brazilian guys. They obviously did it intentionally. You got Gilbert Burns, Jessica Andrade, Johnny Walker, uh Tiago Moises, Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez, Glover Teixeira, Jailton Almeida. Yeah, I mean, and then probably some guys I don't even know. But uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Brazilian talent here. This probably is going to be an uh, not probably this is going to be an electric arena. And honestly, quite frankly, I, I wanted the Jerry versus Glover rematch, but rematch. But I'm intrigued by this uh, uh, Jamal Hill versus uh, Glover Teixeira. And we got your, I'll jump into it. Jamal Hill minus one thirty, Glover Teixeira plus one ten here. I'm very intrigued by this matchup because clearly we know Jam- Jamal Hill has the uh, has the tools, has the skills in the stand-up because we've seen guys like Gustafson, those clean boxers, take off Glover's head before because we know Glover gets hit. But, yeah. but this is classic Glover, slight underdog, getting counted out, young gun, coming up through the ranks, and Glover gets his big old bear paws on him and gets him to the ground, and it's all she wrote. So I don't know where your head's at with this one. I don't like that it's a retirement fight. I think that's not great. But Glover looked pretty good against Yuri in his last fight. He basically had that fight won until he didn't. Um, if he can keep from Jamal Hill from tagging him, then this fight's his to win. Otherwise, it's Jamal Hill by knockout and probably early. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm going to go Glover to share in this one just because, um, you know, the Paul Craig fight. We were on Paul Craig. You know, we were skeptical about Jamal Hill and his ability to deal with uh, a jiu-jitsu player like Paul Craig that – I mean, Glover Teixeira, he's going to be the next best. I mean, he's probably better at jiu-jitsu than 
than Paul Craig or they're, you know, they're right up there together. So Glover to share, I'm going to take to win. He's got to get it to the ground at some point. He's not going to win a striking battle. He's got to limit the, you know, he's got to control kind of the distance. He can't let Jamal Hill pick him apart from the outside. Right. Um, Cause Jamal Hill, younger, faster, he could kind of steamroll him. He's got, he's got to let, you know, get Jamal Hill out of his groove and mix it up, throw in the takedowns. And if he can do that, um, if he gets to the ground, I think Jamal Hill is going to have trouble down there, and Glover could get the underdog win here. Yeah, and uh, again, it's we've seen Glover quite a bit more of an underdog than this. I just think that – I don't know. I think – I want to say that Hill learned his lesson from the Paul Craig loss. Like, don't go where you're – you're not – you don't – everywhere is not your strength. You're not better than everybody everywhere, and you stick to your strengths. But Glover's crafty, man. He has a way of getting that ugly-ass takedown. Yeah, he gets fights to the ground. And, I mean, Jamal Hill is going to have to fight – perfectly to not get there at some point in the fight or finish him early so um i think he's got to try to finish early and uh because the longer this fight goes the longer glover's in it the better chance he has to get to the ground and you know i think if it does get to the ground jamal hill better watch out he's got to be on point down there if he gets to the ground i think he's purely defensive at that he's got yeah. he's got to keep just fight him off and i mean if you remember the yuri fight like glover was threatening yuri all through that fight until the very end and i mean Glover was 30 seconds from winning that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Glover looked good. And I mean, I, I think if Glover didn't look get that good against Yuri, I'd be more on Jamal Hill here. But you're, I mean, Yuri's got all the power, solid striker and, and Glover just basically beat him. Didn't, but he was right there, right at 30 seconds away, like I said. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jamal Hill, Yuri, I mean, I think Glover can do it. So he can do it one last time. So I hope he retires on a win. Plus, seems like a good guy. So On a win with the belt, that's incredible. Yeah, um, UFC just going <laughs> to lose their, their heavyweight and their light heavyweight champions. And back, like, Jeez, I never thought about that. That's wild. They probably are. They probably want him to get his head taken clean off. Yeah, but do you think if, if Glover wins this, is it really his retirement fight? Does he fight Yuri when Fury comes back in six months or whatever one more time he wants to fight one more time in New York City so. yeah because so he actually he's actually like a new citizen of like New Hampshire or something Connecticut like Connecticut yeah. yeah so he like actually considers himself to be like a northeasterner so yeah so that's so funny imagine <laughs> running into just a pack of Brazilian fighters and you're living in Connecticut yeah but anyhow uh at any rate I mean this is a great fight I'm very intrigued by it I think it's a uh, got potential to be a really good fight and it, you know both guys have a good shot both guys have a good claim to say that they're, they're the rightful favorite in this fight but um we'll see I mean we'll just have to wait and see uh my main event here we got Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno uh Brandon Moreno recently lost his coach uh James Krause but currently sits as a minus one twenty favorite. Davis and Figueroa plus one hundred. I do not understand these odds. These guys have fought what three times now? Yeah, Figueroa's won twice. They should have won twice. I mean, he ba- he only lost because of a point deduction in the first fight, right? Yeah, T- draw draw because of a point deduction. Yeah, yeah, draw. Got looked horrible in the second fight, but understandably, from what we understand, it was a terrible weight cut. The guy has all sorts of problems making weight, but when he does make weight and he's healthy, he looks good. Yeah, this might be one you want to wait to see how he looks on the scale, and then watch the uh, watch the uh, the ceremonial weigh-ins actually see how his recovery is looking. Because that's you know if he still looks absolutely drained that night, then he might be in a little bit of trouble. But if he looks if he weighs in and looks on point, I mean he's gonna be look sucked out on the scales at you know for the actual weigh-in. So, but if he doesn't look like if he's not falling over and he looks better and the ceremonial weigh-ins later in that day. 
I think you got to go Figueredo here. I'm on Figueredo. Um, why? Pen, do, why know. do you think that Figueredo is the underdog here? I mean, he's he's dominated the series like all but one, all but two rounds of the series when he was clearly off. Um, not People to... love this dork Brandon Moreno, dude. They like the Lego bullshit. They like <laughs> the fucking you know Star Wars or whatever he's into. They like this the nerdy guy. He's just a happy-go-lucky dude. I think it's just the public loves Brandon Moreno and uh, Figueredo's the bad guy. So I know I love him as a bad guy, but I mean, also the other thing is like. We've seen him beat him two ways, too. We've seen him beat him with power in the first fight when he ended up with a draw. We saw him just overpower Brandon Moreno. And then in the third fight, we saw him beat him with a far superior game plan. He had the perfect game plan. Yeah, yeah, he did look good. And he tagged him three, four, or five times. He dropped him two or three times. Like, he had the perfect perfect game plan to beat him. All he's got to do is the same, do the same thing. Yeah, and Moreno, I mean, not to mention, like, Figueredo's looked better, especially in the last fight, and two out of the three fights, right? And then you got Moreno. He's in the middle of a betting scandal, having to switch gyms and shit. Like, it's probably not the best-case scenario for him and how this uh, training camp has gone. So you got some external factors as well at play here. And, uh, yeah, I like Figueredo in this fight. All right, I love to hear it. Uh, unfortunately, all the blonde is almost gone from my hair, but it will be there in spirit. Uh, Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny. We got Gilbert Burns minus 460. Neil Magny plus 370. I did not expect this line to be this crazy. Um, yeah, it's I wider mean, than I thought, but I'd say minus 300. But Magny is just looks guess. so washed. Maybe a while back, I mean, we saw Gilbert Burns get dropped by a jab. It was Kamara Usman's jab, but um, at the same time, that would have been Neil Magny's bread and butter, say, three, four, or five years ago, but Gilbert Burns is pretty tenacious now, and Neil Magny just looks like he's taking his foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. I Who mean, did Neil Magny just beat, though? He just beat somebody that... Daniel Rodriguez? Yeah. Yep, right. Beat him up real bad, right? Yeah, he got smashed by Shavkat. But... Yeah. Yeah, he looked good against... He knocked him out, I believe. He looked good in his last fight, but uh, Gilbert Burns is a much better opponent than Daniel Rodriguez. I yeah. think Gilbert Burns completely smashes Neil Magny. I mean Neil Magny, he's like he's looks so slow out there. He's your boy for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean he still is. I still like him. He gets you some good underdog wins, but this ain't one of them. I don't think so. I think Gilbert Burns at this point in their career is just far superior fighter. I mean Neil Magny will try to pull this Neil Magny game plan, kind of just uh, you know kind of lean on Gilbert Burns, kind of drape him and try and uh, get his long lengthy frame around him up against the cage and whatnot. But I think Gilbert Burns is. I mean while he's kind of a I mean, he used to be a 155-er. I mean, he's not definitely not a small 170-er anymore, at least. And uh, I think he's pretty strong, pretty tough. I think he uh, he should get the win here versus Neil Magny. But, you know, you can never count Neil Magny out, right? When you think he's for sure going to lose, he sometimes wins. I just don't think I don't think this is the fight. I'm with you there, 100%. Um, just feels like Gilbert Burns is just going to be more tenacious and just take it to Neil Magny. Uh, Lauren Murphy, Jessica Andrade. Uh, Jessica Andrade minus 475, Lauren Murphy plus 380. I was hoping this line would be closer, too. This one's even wider than the last fight. Uh, I'm on Jessica Andrade. This is textbook fight for her to land one of those big punches, um, rattle Lauren Murphy, and then put her away. Um, I wish it was closer. Uh, Lauren Murphy does do a good job as an underdog. I've done – she's – like like Neil Magny has been your boy for years. Lauren Murphy's been one of my uh, picks for years. But, um, yeah, just like you're seeing Neil Magny get smashed here, I'm seeing Lauren Murphy getting smashed as well. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, 
one of these, I mean, Laura Murphy is scrappy as hell and she can take a beating, right? So she's got that going for her. Jessica Andrade. Um, I mean, and Laura Murphy, what we've seen is she's big for the division, right? Um, she looked way bigger than Misha Tate and kind of just bullied her. That's how she beat her. But Jessica Andrade, there's nobody really bullies Jessica Andrade except for Valentina Shevchenko, yeah, right? Yeah, she's a so, tank. Um, I think it's going to be a tough fight for Laura Murphy to win. She's going to have to be really scrappy. Um, this line, like, it's similar lines to the Gilbert. I'm more confident in Gilbert Burns than I am in Jessica Andrade, I would say, um, just because Laura Murphy has looked like she's down to put up more of a fight than Neil Magnus recently. <laughs> yeah, so, um, fair enough. I, I, I am on Jessica Andrade, but um, I think, yeah, I think she's probably got, what, the wrestling advantage. She... You know, if it gets to the point where Andrade isn't getting any takedowns or whatnot, could we see Lauren Murphy kind of out volume just Andrade? Possibly, but um, Andrade just has the power. I think at one point or another, she's going to land and just absolutely tag Lauren Murphy and kind of take her out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Lauren Murphy would have to fight a perfect fight to win this one. I'm with you. I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I just. I've I, I probably am a bigger Warren Murphy believer than ninety nine percent of the population, so and I don't see really a path here. So maybe she'll prove us all wrong, but I would say I'm probably like the last one to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not seeing it here either. So uh, interesting fight here: Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, uh, Johnny Walker minus one ninety, Paul Craig plus one sixty. Okay, I Paul Craig is a guy that makes a living off beating boneheads, and is there a bigger bonehead than Johnny Walker? <laughs> no, this is one that I was kind of going back and forth on. I act that was my exact thought when I just wrote down Paul Craig here on my on my final pick. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is not a bigger bonehead than Johnny Walker. That being said, he's looked better. He looked better in his last fight, right? And Johnny Walker is a guy when he wins, when he's actually not like getting just completely terrible coaching strategies from uh, Conor McGregor, John Kavanaugh. He is a wild man, right? And a wild man is can be how you beat Paul Craig and how you lose Paul Craig. If he comes out there and just lands a bomb on Paul Craig at the very start of the fight, like he could knock him out pretty fast. It's not like Paul Craig's like insanely durable or whatnot. Paul Craig struggles against guys with good takedown defense who are solid strikers, right? Yeah. Um, Johnny Walker could land a bomb, but if Johnny Walker doesn't land a bomb, I don't think Johnny Walker is going to be a guy to like how Vulcan Ozdemir just beat Paul Craig, kind of pick him apart across three rounds, right? So, uh, Johnny Walker, if this goes three rounds, is probably going to make a mistake at some point, I would think, and Paul Craig is probably going to submit him. So, I think for the underdog value, just go Paul Craig. Uh, let's see what we're looking at. I think we're looking at a classic Paul Craig triangle situation here. Yeah, that could very well be one second. I want to look up best fight odds. Let's see. Are you surprised by this line being this wide or do you just think it's Johnny Walker's look good striking and fought better competitions nonstop basically for the past three years? I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised at it being this wide just cause I, it could just be, I feel like a lot of the recently the MMA I don't know, whoever the odds makers are, have been putting a lot of stock in fighters like last fights and not like overall their career. So I think they see Johnny Walker coming off a, you know, Paul Craig, he came off some big losses here. Johnny Walker, he came off a big win recently, right? Yeah, so, really mauled Ian Kudalaba. Yeah, so I think that's what, 
I think kind of the judge or the the lines makers have been a little short sided sometimes recently. So I think that could be what it is here. I'm looking for right now. Paul Craig wins by submission plus two seventy five. So why would you ever bet Paul Craig at plus one sixty when he's only win by one, <laughs> by submission at plus two seventy five? That's better than I thought it was going to be. I thought you're going to get Paul Craig at like plus two ten or two twenty or something. So yeah, I would go Paul Craig by submission plus two seventy five here. Yeah, I mean, I think, I yeah, I like that. I again, Johnny Walker is very dynamic, very explosive. Even though he's on his own accord taking some of his explosiveness away, but he still has what it takes to beat Paul Craig if he fights a smart game plan. But then again, Paul Craig makes a living out of beating boneheads, and Johnny Walker is a bonehead. Yeah, and Paul Craig is stiff and he's hittable, right? So yeah. if Johnny Walker wants to blitz him, outside can- of almost one move, Paul Craig is pretty much like a top ten gatekeeper. Yeah, and this is a fight where Johnny Walker's not smart enough where if if Paul Craig gets kind of clipped and then falls to his back, like Johnny Walker's following him to the ground, right? And getting, yeah, and getting cinched up. <laughs> yeah. And he's I not the think... only one. I mean, it happened to Nikita Krylov, Bonehead. It happened to uh, Jamal Hill. It happened to Magomed and Kalayev. Like, it's happened to everybody. Yeah, except guys, most fighters now know. Like, it's such a thing now where... I think Paul Craig is going to have an issue with that going forward where not many fighters are going to continue to follow him to the ground from here on out. But Yeah, they're going to recognize. Johnny, yeah, Johnny Walker I don't think is the guy that's going to be able to stop himself from uh, following him to the ground here during this fight. So, Yeah, I'm with you there, and I just think it's too yeah, it's too common knowledge, but I'm never surprised when a fighter does something stupid like that, though. Yeah, and I'm especially never surprised, like, Johnny Walker, right? Michael Chandler chasing charles Oliveira to the ground when he had him hurt or any of those guys like like there has to be thought behind that because there's we're talking about guys that are pretty smart well like smart fighters but just well, instinct takes over it, yeah you think this is my I'm, I'm two seconds away from winning this belt and or whatever i'm two seconds away from winning this fight so we'll see how it goes down i mean very curious about this one also i don't know if you noticed this but every brazilian has been a favorite so far yeah like they loaded this up to the gills in in hopes of getting every uh that's what the ufc does when they go to other countries right i know they, and it's okay for every other it's okay to go to london and have everyone be a minus 400 favorite every british fighter be a 400 favorite but if they did that here it'd be all hell would break loose but i'll keep that to myself but um <laughs> gregory rodriguez bruno ferreira i'm not familiar with bruno ferreira but gregory rodriguez robocop is an absolute tank so he's sitting at minus 315 uh, Bruno Ferreira, who I'm not familiar with, is plus 260. Um, Gregory Rodriguez has quietly just been a, a total machine for. Uh, he's been a RoboCop for the for in this past fight. So uh, not sure how to break this fight down. I don't have an angle there, but I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you with this one. I just put this one on there because I'm thinking Gregory Rodriguez. Right, he's on a run right now. Um, UFC probably wants to keep that streak going. He's probably working his way up the rankings um so i think they'd be giving him a favorable match but regardless you add that fights in brazil on top of that as i just talked about like they're probably trying they're trying to get the brazilians wins here so um, bruno ferreira sounds like he might be brazilian as well but um, he might be yeah uh, i don't know i just think it does sound robocop i'm there's no fighter i don't know the name of that i think beats robocop right now so um i'm taking gregory rodriguez against any unknown all right, love it. All right, Jailton Almeida versus Shamil Abdur. Uh, I used to know how to say his name. Ab- Ra- uh, Ramil Razak Al-Hassan or something? 
Abdur. Oh no, I'm thinking Ab- of a different fighter. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of Abdur Rakhimov. He fought last week. Um, Abdur Rahimov. Abdur Rahimov. Yeah, there you go. Um, this is also another hand-picked fight for Jelton Almeida, who's looked like a who's looked like a machine. I looked like a tank. Um, again, this is more of a showcase than a fight, in my opinion. But I mean, I'm tuning in to see it. Yeah, Shamil Abdur Rahimov. He's slow, right? And yeah, Jelton- really slow. I think. Uh, Chris Dawkins knocked him out. Yeah, and Jailton Almeida is an absolute tank. Um, Jailton Almeida, I think, as we said, like the last fight, I think he had a guy canceled. Oh, he's he's an auto bet until he hits the top five in the division, I think, right now. And even then, I'm probably still going with him for the most part, depending on the matchup. So uh, Jailton Almeida, he's getting my my pick every time until some something proves me wrong. So uh, yeah, I'm, I think you're I think you're pretty safe there. Uh, Ismael Bonifam, bon, Bonfim versus uh, Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney minus 125, Ismail Bonfim plus 105. This is kind of an interesting line here because, again, I don't know who Ismail Bonfim is, but to be only a slight underdog against Terrence McKinney, who we know has a lot of tools, who we know is an explosive fighter, and who we know can win fights early and quickly is a... Uh, Pretty impressive. He's a Dana White contender series guy, Bomb Fim. They may both be, but um Yeah, I think I looked up his record. He's like eighteen and three. Um, so I did a little bit of research on this one because I didn't know Bonfim, but I'm like, oh, I want to pick McKinney here, but I'm not sure. So Bonfin, he is eighteen and three. He hasn't lost in a while, but his three losses are to rear naked choke submissions. That worries me. Terrence McKinney is a guy who's known for his power, but he does have sneaky submission skills. Uh, I think he won his last fight by rear naked choke. Um, so this is a fight where I could see McKinney. He could, you know, he's always a threat to land a knockout finishing punch. He's got tons of power, but he is also a very good wrestler. He can take the fight to the ground with ease before he gasses. That is, I yeah. think he's get. I think he's gotten better with his gas tank. He's not just going all out right away. Um, he still goes pretty hard, but he's been a little bit more conservative. So I would expect, you know, if he doesn't get, like, a quick knockout, I think Terrence McKinney mixes in his wrestling here. We've seen Bonfin. I would, wouldn't be surprised to see Terrence McKinney win by rear naked choke here. So uh, I think that's a live option. He's plus 300 by rear naked choke. I think mm-hmm. you could fire a small amount on that. But uh, overall, I just think Terrence McKinney gets the win. So minus 125, not bad. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on that plus 300 by submission. And, uh, yeah. I think we're gonna go McKinney here. I mean, seems like McKinney. The only way he loses is by gassing out. <laughs> like, so. yeah. I mean, but I mean, even that though. Like, he had Drew Dober one second away from out being done. Like, we're talking about a guy that can fight anybody. Yeah, I'll draw Drew Dober. He almost, who, he almost got of, finished. Who's one of the most violent guys in the UFC? Like, just annihilated Bobby Bobby Green. Like, I mean, he didn't. Terrence McKinney didn't win that fight because he he lost, but he sure put on a pretty impressive first round there where if that was I think if that was anybody else Terrence McKinney wins that fight so uh, again it just goes to show there's killers around every corner there's guys who are fighting on the contender series that are you know top I don't know if to where Terrence McKinney's ranked but um this guy I mean if if you're you know almost even odds with Terrence McKinney I mean you're somebody sees something here so I'm not going to rush to uh rush to make any crazy plays but like you said if uh, there is an edge here it may be the rear naked choke or just betting terrence mckinney straight up because 
there's not many guys that could beat Terrence McKinney at this point. So. No, he's solid, and and people sleep on his wrestling, and and he's proven that he's pretty solid at that too. So yeah, so there you have it. Um, any other fights on here that stick out to you? Anything else you want to point out before yeah, we wrap we it got, up? We got some names here that we didn't put bets on, but uh, we got Shogun, which I would have to assume if it's not announced to be his retirement fight, he's got to be. I mean, it's back in Brazil. It seems I thought like, he was done a long time ago. Yeah, it seems. Oh wait, like, we just saw him fight. Did we see him fight recently? We saw him at. Uh, Olivera Gaethje, we saw him fight Ovin oh, Santa yeah. Cruz. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Shogun, uh, it, Brazil, I would think this is, has to be the end for him. So, um, if it is, it's, he's had a great run, uh, you know, a little resurgence towards the end, but um, I think he's back to his losing ways. So, um, yeah, I mean, the guy held the belt at one point. That's all you can really, at, yeah. the, at that point, who cares about the rest? He's fighting some young guy, Ihor Poteria. I've never heard of him, but 19-3, and three, so... Yeah. Probably pretty solid. I'm, I'm sure two to one favorite over Shogun. Yeah, so I'll Shogun's just so slow now. Yeah, he's he's seen his better days, but you never know. He's a crafty veteran, so um, could give a, a young. I mean, but 19 and three, he's got he's got fights under his belt. He's not super green, I would imagine. But uh, other than that, we got Tiago Moises fighting. Um, he's fighting Melquiziel Costa. Never heard of him. Never heard of him either. But um, yeah, who knows? So. Got to keep an eye out for Tiago Moses when he's fighting. Munir Laziz is fighting Gabriel Bonfin. Do we have brothers on this on this card? They got to be. I've never, never heard that last name before. Yeah, because we got a... And then Ishmael Bonfin. The Bonfin boys. The, bon, the Bonfin boys, yeah. What if they both get... Win- oh, well, Gabriel Bonfin is a favorite. Really? Minus I, 140 over Munir Laziz. Well, Laziz had that kind of... Uh, he had a shitty loss somewhere. Yeah, he's either Orly look, Alves beat him up, I think, real bad. He's either look really good or really bad. So, yeah, um, the sniper. Other, yeah, other than that, we got Cody Stamen versus Luan Lacerda. That guy might be Brazilian. He might be the only Brazilian underdog. Yeah, twelve and one though, so I'm not sure. Uh, and then you got Warley Alves versus Nicholas Dalby. So close number, close fight there. And besides that, that's we got that Josiah Josian Nunes. Oh, yeah. She yeah. knocks chicks out. Yeah, she's power punch someone to watch. So, yeah, I mean, this card, there's names from top to bottom on this thing. So, yeah, I mean, this is a solid card. It's a great pay per view, great pay per view to start the year off. Um, a couple good title fights that maybe it's just right up my alley. Maybe they're not everybody's uh, best looking card, but these two fighters that I, four fighters that I really like watching fights. So, um, yeah, I mean this is this is a great card for me. I'm uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, it's stacked. I'll definitely be tuning in. All right then. Well, we'll be back again next week to uh, go over our results. I guess um, we're gonna try to keep ourselves honest this year and uh, cover oh, yeah. cover how we do in our results. But we're gonna start this card. <laughs> yeah, we're the first we, ones. We needed, a, we needed a warm up, but anyhow. Uh, and either way, we'll be back next week to recap it. So good luck with your picks. Uh, enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.
be the beat.